Hello and welcome back to Poetry Podcast 101. I'm your host, Matty Waker, and today we have a very special guest. So it is a follow-up episode to my la- uh, my last episode, which was ages ago, uh, Hampshire, which we had Brian Evan Jones on, uh, and Brian Evan Jones on, and I was really happy to have him on. But now we have another Hampshire poem poet of 2014. So this time, I'm not going to do any poems, and I'm just going to go straight to the chat with her, as it was a very good chat, and I'm very thankful and very appreciated that she donated a large amount of her time to work with me on this, as it's been highlight meeting different poets and connecting with them in different ways and just telling stories, and it has made me a bit more human. So thank you, Joe, for coming on. Enjoy, guys. And hello, and uh, I've got Joan McGavin. It is McGavin, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, who's uh, agreed to be on the show. So thank you for that, Joan. Um, yeah, it's, it's very much an honour. Uh, so you were Hampshire Poet of 2014, right? 2014, that's correct, yeah. Yeah. Quite so a while ago now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was just wondering if you could uh, tell us a bit about that and sort of like uh, any stories or anything or what you did in them times. Uh, well, it was um, it was an exciting time to be Hampshire poet because um, I knew when I was uh, thinking about putting in for it that, of course, 2014 was a big year of anniversaries. Um, there were lots of, uh, well, the main one, of course, was the centenary of the outbreak of the First World War. Uh, and there were going to be lots of things to do with that. Uh, so that was one of the the things that um, was interesting because uh, it was a case of having to link with lots of different ages of people, um, you know, elderly people who knew quite a lot about the First World War, but also going into schools and places where perhaps children didn't know quite so much about it. So that was one of the main things. Um, and also just uh, um, generally just raising the profile of, of poetry, well, as, as every Hampshire poet does or has to do, you know, going around the county, um, talking about poetry to people, hopefully preaching to the converted, but also doing, you know, a bit a bit of converting also. Uh, yeah, that's, that sounds awesome. Um, so, um... I guess you just went around schools and sort of like educated people a lot then. Uh, Well, yeah, and also um, ran some workshops, um, organised some readings. Um, I was working also uh, together with something called Winchester Poetry Festival, which uh, I was involved with at that point. And um, some of the things were, you know, jointly organised with them or with other organisations. So, um, so there were quite a lot of links with with other other organisations, other people who are keen on poetry or writing. Did you did you always like do poetry, or did you like get into? It? Um, oh, uh, good question. I um, actually I have quite a specific starting point. Um, my dad died when I was twelve. And it was also, please, please don't look up any dates here or you'll discover how ancient I am. But um, 
it was also uh, an anniversary of the death of Dylan Thomas, you know, the great Welsh poet. Yeah. And there was a t they were just uh, starting to put things on telly, you know, arts programs and things. And there was a program uh, about Dylan Thomas and someone, it might have been um, Richard Burton, who um, you know, was, uh, recorded a lot of Thomas's poems, that he read Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night, which is a marvellous poem, which Thomas wrote about his own father's death. And it, it just blew me away. And I thought, oh, this poetry is powerful stuff. So that was that was the start, I suppose. That's pretty cool. Because I like because I really got into poetry like quite recently. So I started sort of like uh, writing it in August, I think. Um, mm -hmm. But I was just. And was it one? Was it one poem that really turned you on to poetry? Or yes. So there was like I, I have this story. Uh, so I don't know if you read it on my website, but there's a poem called The Bee. And that's Who, who's it by? Do you know? Uh, well, so it's it's one I did myself. Sorry. Oh, so, it's one you did. Oh, I see. Sorry. No, I, 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 sorry. So I've always been like I've always been like quite an avid reader. I never really read like poetry before, but um, I got like a journal, and I just I just brought it for Amazon, and like, there was this uh, bee outside, and I wanted to save it, but by the time I got back to it, it sort of like died. So I was like really sad. Thank you. Um, because I even put like uh, sugar water out for it and everything. Um, but then I just made this, the I just wrote the poem myself. And because I wanted to do something to sort of like immortalize the bee. And mm. I just then. Sort of allergy, really. Yeah. And then I just sort of like uh, read it to my coworkers and they were like, oh, yeah, you should, uh, you should do this. And I was like, you're good at this. And I was like, oh, thank you. Um, and then. I wrote a poem about uh, milestones and then it gets in the Basingstoke Gazette um, and yeah so I just decided to sort of like keep at it and to sort yeah. of like do more writing and also more poetry mm -hmm. and to uh, sort of connect with more poets this is why I did the sort of podcast in the first place because I wanted mm -hmm. one I figured I could probably make a good impact on the world but also I like that like me and you connecting for the first time mm -hmm. yeah um yeah just yeah. connecting with poets and then hearing it's quite nice hearing like everyone else's experience i think mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what what things have, have got them involved yeah yeah definitely it's quite a um like because earlier uh before we were recording you were talking about like westry manor and it's quite weird that you know there's a bit of an overlap where i was like you know, volunteering at Westbury Manor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It seems like yeah. that's what I so, found. Yeah, with, so you, you discover these links, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I found with Brian as well, because uh, when we were talking, um, I don't know if you listened to... Uh, yes, I did, I did, yeah. Yeah, it's quite fascinating to just hear um, when he lived in Haven, um, I think it was just after or, or at the same time that I was in college in Haven. So it's mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm, it's quite mm -hmm. weird to... I think it's quite fascinating as well to see how small the world really is. Yes, yes, and I, I go to a, a writing group in that meets, well, it, under normal times, meets once a month in Havant at the Spring Art Centre. Um, I don't know if you knew it, in, in Havant, the, the art centre there. Yeah, I think it's been a while place. since I've been in Havant, but yeah. Yeah, okay, but... Um, but that's a group that um, draws poets from 
you know, from quite a wide area. But of course, now, uh, now that we've got the present circumstances, we haven't been able to meet, but we're looking forward to getting back there uh, next yeah. year. I think that's the main sort of like, um, it's quite nice that like, I know, obviously, like, we can't all meet, but I think it's quite nice to sort of have these things to look forward to. Because like, I, um, mm -hmm. we, I played D&D at the weekends, and we sort of have a group call where we just, uh, we sort of drink and just have like a good time, really. Yeah, yeah in a strange sort of way. <laughs> yeah, and like, just stuff like this is sort of like, um, just reminds us that we're st like still connected, even though I think like, we, we can feel like isolated sometimes. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so how long have you been in Hampshire? Have you been here like all your life or? So, oh, Hampshire, oh no, um, I came, I got married one day and came to Hampshire the next day, 40 something years ago. Um, it was a case of who got a job where and my husband got a job here. So, uh, so I've only really lived in two places. Uh, I lived in Edinburgh for uh, all the sort of growing up and then came to came to uh, Southampton after that. So I think I've lived in Southampton a lot longer than I lived in Edinburgh. So I don't know if that makes me an honorary uh, Hampshire hog or not. <laughs> I, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's a statue of limitations on it. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know I've sort of like, because obviously I grew up in Fairham, but then I, when I went to uni, I went to London. So I lived in London oh. for three years and then mm -hmm. I spent like two years um, or slightly less than that uh, living at home with my parents. And then in October, I moved out to just get a place on my own because it's like right near work. So now I'm living in Basingstoke. So I've sort of lived all over the place in senses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So to be fair, I'm about as, <laughs> I don't know if I need to be honorary, but um, yeah, I know I definitely have some weird times of like, there was times that I come back from, London and visit my hometown again, visit Fairham. And there would be people like, because my accent just sounds different. So, oh, James, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 So people would be like coming up to me and be like, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm from this town. <laughs> I was born. Oh, I'm, right. I'm, I'm born, a local, yeah. I was born well, in Gosport. Um, and they were like, oh, you just don't sound like <laughs> you, you do. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, people people tell me I I sound Scottish, but if I go up north, as we do often, I I don't think I sound as Scottish as people who are there. So I don't know. Do I sound Scottish to you? Maybe a little bit, but like, I think I can pick up on a little bit of a of a, a thing in your so, voice, maybe just like mm -hmm. a little. Uh, but I probably don't sound well. Of course, there aren't that well. A Hampshire accent isn't all that pronounced an accent, I think, or. Or there are different, you know, different bits, but uh, different kinds of Hampshire accent. But yes, I, I wouldn't be able to distinguish them much. <laughs> yeah, it's one of them weird things because I don't know what I sound like, but I've been told that I sound quite posh, and I'm not. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So, oh well. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, did you have any um, poems or anything that you want to share about Hampshire, or just about anything in particular? Um, I could do yes. Um, one of the things uh, I now what date is this? One of the things I I did um, 
when I was Hampshire poet was to edit a book about uh, with poems about Hampshire. It's called Hogwarts. Uh -oh. If I can show you it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I rounded up a group of poets, and the idea was that everyone sent in three poems, but one of them had or what we hoped would be about Hampshire. So I put in some poems too, uh, as well as editing it. And this is, well, I'll read this one. It's called A Year on West Hill. I used to work in Winchester and there is some, near the university there, there's something called West Hill Cemetery. Uh, and I, I don't know if you know Winchester, but if you go to the university, yeah. you have to walk through the cemetery to get to the university. Uh, there's a sort of public path. Yeah, and I, it, I love Winchester, so yeah. Yeah, so um, I got into the habit of sort of looking around every time I went through the graveyard. And um, I don't know, well, you probably know about haiku, you know, that yeah. poetry form, very, very small and compact. Uh, anyway, I've started thinking about haiku and I, I, I ended up writing a lot of them, but I chose 12 to represent all the months of the year. So this is, it starts, uh, well, you'll see how it relates to the months or the seasons of the year. It's called A Year on West Hill. The sign on the gate tells the living passing through when they can do that. Smell of new cut grass and the spring's importuning is what the dead miss. Would the dead enjoy their sudden raucous laughter, those brimful students? The cut grass drying in the late summer sunshine, dead man's confetti. The house on the edge no longer contains someone who lives here always. Rain on autumn graves sounds like radios left on late in empty rooms. Here's a magpie perched on the war memorial, its uniform smart. When the wind hugs you with quite so cold a caress, you know winter's here. The geometry of frost-bound cross, fallen slabs, all over, all over. I loved that. That was so like well written, and it made me feel like I was I was there as well. Like it. Oh, good, good. <laughs> like awesomey vibes that I sort of like love mm -hmm. so much. Um, but yeah, like the um, way the you know you compare it to the, talk about the dead and stuff is sort of like a good sort of like um, because I think that's like one thing, like because death's like a really weird view. I mm -hmm. think in society that you know it's always. It always seems to be negative, whereas you know it's more a sort of like medium. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I sort of hear that in poetry, and yeah, just the the words um, that are just so yeah. yeah. Good. I, I mean, I was thinking with you know something like the cut grass, talking about it like dead man's confetti. You know, it's it, it's trying to make it more, not just more visual, but. Um, you know, making you think how death is not necessarily, a, you know, it's just a normal thing. It's not a thing to be sad or, or, um, you know, 
highly emotional about in, in well obviously we all are but you know in one sense it's just something that happens and as you walk past you think about what what it means oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah i agree like that uh yeah and that sort of like smell of you know cut grass just made me think about that as well so it's sort of like mm -hmm. It is hitting on them sort of like visual sort of like audio cues that I think mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just hearing mm -hmm. that wavelength. It also just makes me think about because I've been to Winchester like a number of times, so it makes me think about uh, Winchester and the, mm -hmm. and the view in a different way. So it's just like a different yeah. way of thinking. Which is, so uh, have, have you have you walked across that path then to go to the university? I think I have. Yeah. So I've never really like because I can be quite oblivious when I take in my surroundings sometimes oh, I see. Oh, you're thinking about the things <laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes I try to like sometimes I'm like really observant and I, I do uh point out things and like but sometimes if you're in a hurry you just want to get from A to B don't yeah you? exactly yeah. so and I do follow my own sort of I get stuck in my own head sometimes so mm -hmm. um, but yeah so that's like a new way of thinking about it and yeah that's definitely it definitely it's created some thoughts in my head uh which was quite good, good. Wow. and that's what i quite like about this sort of like uh i think that's what i like about poetry in general is that everyone has like a different view on it and mm -hmm. there's thoughts that you know you never think of um but they come out from someone else and then you can appreciate that viewpoint and be like oh yeah, yeah. i mm -hmm. you know i never thought of it that way but if you can think of it that way then you know mm -hmm. i think you yeah that's what you're doing when you're writing a poem you're kind of trying to create a picture or, or spark some thoughts in someone's head and it's slightly different for everyone I mean you hope that there are certain things that people won't think about your poem but hopefully there are a number of things that that hopefully you know lots of people will think about that um sorry I'm not expressing that very well you're hoping that there are certain key ideas that will get across or key pictures that will be conjured up, although they might be slightly different for different people. Yeah, I get that. I guess like the, the hardest thing is never really being able to anticipate what someone's reaction is anyway. So mm, no, I, but, yeah. but I think you just, you know, mainly you have to try to express your own thoughts and hope that it chimes with someone else or prompts something in someone else yeah I think that's what I've I've learned a little bit is like um obviously like you have to sort of do like with writing and poetry especially poetry I think you have to sort of in a way do it for yourself more than anyone <laughs> so um and just and you know that way when you when you read it to someone else you hope that that sort of comes across in like I know for me I tried to convey a lot of like light and hopeful things and so I mm -hmm. try mm -hmm. to instill that in other people and I hope my poetry sort of does the same but I never quite know you know <laughs> no no well but you just but at the end right. of the day it makes me I think it makes me be a bit more positive and it makes me a bit more like and I think that's all you can really hope for <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you want me I, I'm talking of being positive positive um I was thinking about reading it at the end, but I could read it just now. Yeah, you know how you know how lots of people have been writing stuff about um, the pandemic, you know, and and trying to uh, I don't know come to terms with it or think what what is worth saying about it. I've got one 
poem about that. So it's, shall I read it just now? Yeah, or that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Um, well, it's, it's called Mistaken. Um, I was going to say something about it, but I'll just read the poem. <laughs> Poems have to speak for themselves, don't they? Yeah. Mistaken. The COVID statistics being intoned on the radio next door where I thought at first the shipping forecast, its soothing certainties. When I realised, I thought of Rockall, how I might self-isolate there, perched on a new, unexceptionable world. Except I'd soon want with me you, and you, and you, and you. Oh, I quite like that. Um, yeah, that's quite cool because, like, it's sort of um, you've you're thinking about the pandemic in a completely different way. There, I feel to like how it's being perceived in like media and stuff, and it's quite refreshing mm -hmm. to sort of hear that. Um, really, and uh, I, well, you know, you get ideas for poems from different places, but it was actually a mistake. Uh, I, I was sitting in this room here, and I heard the radio next door and something to do with the rhythm of the sound you know I couldn't make out what was being said but something to do with the sound made me think it was the shipping forecast you know uh, 40s chromity you know all the the, the things that, that get um, intoned all the time and of course um, quite a few people have written about the shipping forecast but um, you know and it, it's one of those things that is very soothing and uh and in its regularity i think is it every day or every week i can't remember i think it's every day yeah and certain certain uh radio stations you get the shipping forecast anyway uh and then i suddenly realized that it wasn't this nice soothing uh expected thing it was actually the covid death statistics that were being in tune but then uh and i thought of a way of uh I don't know of, of um, using the idea of the the shipping forecast because they always talk about rock hole, you know, which is this rock out in the ocean. Yeah. Which I think Britain do we? Do, I think I don't know if we own it or we claim it. I think you know, I mean, it's, it's one of them. I think we claim it. I think we claim it, but then I think perhaps other people do as well. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's like but a, it would be a marvelous place to self-isolate, wouldn't it? You would just sit on the rock, but yeah. then you would... I think want it's one of those things where we sort of have a claim to it, but then other people do as well. So it's been like one of them highly contested things. Yeah, right, yeah. I think. Um, not, not that it's worth having anyway, but I suppose symbolically... You know, yeah, no, I like the idea of like the mistake making it into the work and stuff because like I've been um, painting a little bit, just watercolor painting, nothing good. Oh but, gosh, good uh, but I've just been doing that; it's quite relaxing, and um, I've realised yeah. that sometimes because I'm I'm really like impatient, <laughs> so I don't always let it dry. But I, I found that sometimes uh, letting it run and stuff, like creating like a mistake or something you didn't want to happen, actually you create oh, something. Oh, something, something comes. Yeah. Is it landscapes you do, or, or what uh, kind so of things? I'll show you. It's not. I wouldn't say it's impressive, but it's just like um, little things. So it's just like I just painted like this coconut tree. Oh gosh! Uh -huh. Oh, and you've got the uh, these are the coconuts. 
yes, falling off the tree. A, if you could see there's coconut in the water as well <laughs> oh all right okay but yeah but they weren't a mistake i think you intended them to be in no, there but there was something that i created uh, so like i think a good example is the stick figure one that i have and uh so you can sort of see the color that's run off in the water oh yes yeah but it yeah. sort of made the thing even better because it's like they're shipwrecked and then the sort of oil's going off so yeah and uh, is it a rigging or a ladder or a, a yes, rope ladder it's like a rope ladder um but yeah like i said they're not amazing <laughs> works a lot no, but, no, but they're interesting, yeah um but yeah no they're just like for me really um that's how I've relaxed after like stressful days at work and stuff like that. And just sort of like uh, gets me in the zone and thinking about like different things. So it's quite nice just to have that sort of like. It's good to try different creative things. I, I mean, I couldn't paint for toffee, but, <laughs> but I like playing around with words. Um. struggling I suppose it would you know it would be the the kind of advice that that lots of people give um you know keep a notebook if you uh if you're interested or wanting to work with words you know keep a notebook where you write down new words you come across or new expressions or um I suddenly realized I've just been writing something earlier today and I suddenly thought of this um, abbreviation uh, FTT which I first heard years and years ago when I uh, had my son in, in hospital. Um, it, it's what medics say about babies who fail, it's called failure to thrive, it's a very sad expression in a way, FTT failure to thrive and, and I've just used that in a completely other context, context in a poem. So, um, you know, poets are, are into sort of using language or saving language or um, noting stuff down. So keep a notebook. What else would I say? Try Well, I don't I don't practice what I preach. I was going to say <laughs> try to write something every day. Uh, even if it's only a sentence or or a phrase or something, um, I don't always do that. Uh, I tend to work in spurts, and I don't know. Do you find you can write every day? No, I I would say I am a terrible writer in that I <laughs> I I don't like write all the time. I know like because like I'll say on Twitter and I see people like write all the time, but that's not really mm -hmm. like I think I'm a bit like you in the way that I sort of just. I work in in like I do a massive bit and then I will just you know go back to play and then you have a fallow period yeah. have like a break um yeah so I do like a massive bit where I get like really in the zone and then I do it to the extent that I I just burn out like all my ideas and then mm -hmm. I just take a break and then you know um yeah and huh. I sort of like work myself up to it so I don't, yeah, I've always seen that, like, because, like, I've always seen that, like, right every day, and I've never quite managed to do that, just me. No, no, me neither. Yeah. But I think this is where, um, you know, if you if you have a notebook and you've got, you know, you just jot down stuff in it, sometimes if you're wanting to try to write, you can go and look up and 
you know, something you, a word or an expression or, or something you wore. The other thing is <laughs> write down what you overhear in buses and things. <laughs> if you use public transport, you sometimes overhear some fantastic things. Um, yeah, but that's a good, uh, that's actually a good point because like that's like, I feel like that's it, uh, like public transport and just hearing like random conversations and just like seeing like uh, strangers have just inspired me to write a little bit because like mm -hmm. if I see like, uh, you know, really like pink hair on someone, like I'm just like fascinated by that. And so like mm -hmm. actually um, earlier in the podcast, one of my for the sort of freestyle poetry, I think that sort of found its way in there. So it just mm -hmm. it inspires you. Um, you never quite know what it's inspiring you to, but yeah, I think that's definitely yeah, that's right. Yeah, or where something might, you know, sometimes months or years later, it might find its place in in a poem. Yeah, because that's what I sort of do when I go right uh, when I uh, because I there will be like maybe a, a month or two where I've just gone with, <laughs> without uh, without writing. Um, if I'm stuck mm -hmm. in like a story, then I'm just um, then I will just take a break from it, and then I will come back to it when I'm like. Maybe I've gone for a walk or something, and I've seen something, mm -hmm. something yeah. that sparked mm -hmm. a train of thought, and I'm like, finally, I've <laughs> I've hit that uh, hit that idea. Um, mm -hmm. the, the the other piece of advice I, I always used to give students was, um, especially well, it, I think it's key with poems is before you or if you think a poem is finished read it out loud or speak it out loud, perform it if you like. Um, uh, and sometimes that can highlight things that you didn't notice on the page. You can realize that um, you know, perhaps you've used the same word twice without meaning to. And, and that, you know, is that a lost opportunity where you could have used a different word? Uh, that sort of thing often springs up if you if you say it out loud, or is the pace right? You know, um, does it plod along a bit too much? And, you know, that negates what you're trying to say. So that I think, you know, I always, always, um, if I think I'm just about there with a poem, speak it out loud. And, and that, as I say, sometimes highlights what's wrong with it or, very, very occasionally it sounds right first time, but not usually. But you know, it, it, it can alert you to things that you hadn't noticed just looking at it as a block of text or or a block of handwriting um, on a on a white page. Yeah, that's a good point. And something that I did do probably do more because I'm sort of guilty of then of writing it down and then sort of just like leaving it there. Uh, leaving it, yeah. Um, I, I think it's a good thing to try it out loud, yeah. Because poems are sound, you know, they're made out of sound, so you've got to sound them uh, out loud to to see how they work on that level. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, is there like anything you're working on at the moment that you want to share? Or, um, oh, I think uh, I tell you what. Well, what I it isn't something I've been working at on the moment. Something I wrote some time ago but do you remember when you were talking to Brian did you say some I think the two of you said something about um video games yes and, the, and Brian's had this great line uh there aren't enough poems about video games and I suddenly thought I've got a poem. I, do, I know nothing virtually nothing about video games 
but I have a poem about video games. Um, shall I? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you about it. I um, I was getting, I was told to get a Christmas present for my son-in-law, who does know about video games, and I was standing in a queue in the shop. Uh, and happened to look at um, a box next to where I was standing, which was for a video game called Dead Island. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. You know this, okay. And I was, so, I was so horrified at what I read uh, that I've made this poem out of it. Um, and uh, what I did was, it, it's called An Almost Found Poem. That's another piece of advice about, you know, you can almost make, you can sometimes find almost ready-made poems uh, yeah. around you. Anyway, the first half is completely um, written from, it, it quotes the language on that box. Uh, and then it's what happens in the second half of, the, I add a little bit, what happens in the second half of the poem is that I reverse all the language, the lines of the first half. And it's called the present because of course it was a, a present in terms of gift, but it's also the present day. What the, you know, what the present day can be like. Uh, so, and it, so I suppose it's kind of an eco poem as well. So it's called the present. Dead Island, definitive collection, slaughter pack, Dead Island slaughter pack, including Dead Island definitive edition, Dead Island Riptide edition. Dead Island Retro Revenge, Zombie Figurine, Fan Weapon, and Poster, With Love, from Mum and Dad, With Love, and Poster, Weapon Fan, Figurine Zombie, Revenge Retro Island Dead, Edition Riptide Island Dead, Edition Definitive Island Dead, including Pack Slaughter Island Dead, Pack Slaughter Collection Definitive Island Dead. I love that. <laughs> I love that you, you, because you're coming from like a, a non-gamer point of view. So it's interesting to see like that perspective because so I just did uh, on Tuesday, me and my friend, we did like a, um, I did like a, one of my, uh, the latest episode is quite video game centric. So I, in the beginning, I did a, a couple poems on a couple video game poems that I made myself um and then in the middle me and uh, my friend were talking about that uh video games basically and um yeah it's quite interesting to see like another perspective on it um because that's what mm. we were talking about uh-huh well I think I mean it, it seems to be a great source of language you know what what it says on the boxes or what it that you know the advertising you know for that but I mean it was just the thought of this being, a, you know, a Christmas present <laughs> given with love when all it's about is, is violence and and, uh, and killing and dead islands. Yeah. So, so lots of I, I imagine you could collect lots of language from uh, from video games. To, to yeah, use. so much language. Like, um, so it would be like uh, I know. My, my thoughts on video games is that they're like a, a, just another art form almost um but obviously like you have that sort of split with video games where it's like there are also entertainment so it's not necessarily 
artful. So I haven't really played like a game like that. I, like, I do kind of play like some violent death games, but like not really. I'm more mm-hmm. I, I I play a game where you you know you farm and you fish. <laughs> um, do they have things like what was it called Sim City? Yes. I I think my son had that, but that's you had to design a city or something, was it? Yes, SimCity is great. There's a new one called. Is it still around? Yeah, I know. There's a new one called City Skylines, and you basically like it's quite interesting. You, uh, I had a lot of fun on it because you like, uh, so you basically just control the city, build stuff, and you build like low pop sense and uh, householders like high. Uh, high density and like middle class and stuff like that but you also have to design like the metro system and mm-hmm. uh, which is fascinating to me because i always like to see how those systems work so it makes you think about the environment you're living in if, if you live in a city as you know, yeah. most of us do and it definitely like it definitely uh, you can see like the impact on society by creating your uh, society because i ran like a few different experiments like um because whenever I wanted money for something, I found out that if I taxed the rich enough, uh, because after a while, if you tax anyone high enough, they want to leave. But if you tax them enough, then uh, and then before they they give you a bit of a warning before they're going, so you you stop the tax and so you bring it back. But then you mm-hmm. made enough money to build your project. So no, I see. I so it's about run, being canny, yeah. Yeah, okay. you run that sort of experiment and. Uh, like the effect of like, uh, there's quite a good one, like uh, legalizing weed as well. You can do that and you can see the effect that it has on the population. I think there's like less crimes, but more fires, I think something like that. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, you sort of have to outweigh like every decision. And like, it's, yeah, it's very interesting to see how the society sort of like functions. And things pan out, yeah. 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 And like, um, it's also quite like, intense sometimes because like the what one wrong move with like the water pipe can just poison the whole town so, oh dear, oh dear. so yeah there's moments where i've been like whoops but then you also have to figure out how to keep your city growing and it's like a uh because there's uh, yeah it's sort of that idea of there is only so much space you know um mm-hmm. so um you have to keep figuring out like new inventive ways and yeah, it's very interesting. It's a very good way to sort of like, I think, learn a lot about society and sort of think a lot about um, society. Raise consciousness about that, okay. Yeah. And sort of like run experiments, I think, and find out what works best and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Good. Right. Um, do, you, do you want to ask anything else or, or, um, or shall we... If you had any, uh, if you had any stories from when you were a poet, I think I don't think we. Um, let me think. Uh, well, I have one, um, one funny. Well, it's not from when I was Hampshire poet. I don't know. Maybe you don't want it then. But I had one funny experience. Um, years and years ago, I had uh, a post as. Um, poet on the common in Southampton uh, there was a possibility of, of uh, having having that and uh, I um, it was part of a scheme to put poets in lots of unusual places anyway I was the poet on Southampton common and uh, I 
used to liaise with the people who run the um, wildlife centre there. They didn't have enough space to give me a little office or anything, but I used to check in with them and talk about things, fascinating things that happen on Southampton Common. Anyway, um, I was once, uh, and I used to jot down ideas uh, for poems as well. And I was once coming off the common um, and I had uh, a lot of papers. I'd, I'd got some photocopies and things, I think, from the Wildlife Centre and some of my own papers. So I, I was walking along with this kind of stash of papers in my hand. And this woman coming along, um, I think it's called Cemetery Road, looked at me and she obviously thought I was a Hampshire official of some kind. And she kind of buttonholed me and said, you want to do something about all these potholes, you know? <laughs> and I, I, I can't remember what I said, but I, I did get a poem out of it because, but the, 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 I think the poem was about putting all the paper in my hands into the potholes, but it wouldn't really solve the problem. So, uh, I love so, that. Because um, as like uh, as I've like worked in like customer service, I feel like I've been in like situations like that where like uh, obviously like people uh, expect like a lot from you sometimes when you work like in a customer service role, like um, and they expect you to do things that are not anything to do with your brief. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know when I was like uh, because I was a waiter in London for a while, and um, so like um, people would just expect you to do like miracles, basically. I remember this like lady, um, she was waiting like, uh, the whole restaurant was packed and we were doing like a lot of afternoon teas. And um, she came up to me and she was like, oh, you know, I've been waiting 10 minutes for this afternoon tea. Can you like go see what's wrong? And I'm like, uh, you know, <laughs> in my head, I'm like 10 minutes, not a long time to wait. It's for not a huge amount of time, no. Yeah. And so, and like, it's one of them situations where like, I'm always quite perplexed because the waiter can't really really do anything <laughs> so no no they're just like they're in between but people expect you to sort of have this power <laughs> where you could mm. change them which uh, is always to be wielded on their behalf yeah <laughs> it's the same with like where i work now like people phone us up and they um yeah they ask certain stuff and you're just like uh, i i don't know like i had someone complain about the roadworks and they were like oh can you get the council on it and i was like uh, we're not really a part of the yeah, council. Why don't you do it? Yeah. But yeah, they just expected me to float up the council and be like, oh, sort out these roadblocks, <laughs> sort out that mm -hmm, power. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, it's a really interesting story because yeah, that's something I relate to a lot <laughs> in my life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know if it's relevant changing the subject completely. When I was Hampshire poet, um. I think Brian spoke about uh, having some commissions and I had uh, some really interesting commissions uh, because it was 2014. Um, there were um, things to do with the uh, the war, the, the centenary of World War One. Uh, and one thing that one of the commissions which was really interesting was to write a poem to go on our bookmark. I think I, oh, I had it here somewhere. Um, the idea was that, um, I, I can show you a picture of it. Um, 
but uh, the idea was uh, to go with this theme of remember, and then the um, the poem was printed on the back, and then it was it was uh, given out free as a bookmark in certain Hampshire libraries. I don't know if it went to all libraries, but some of the big libraries got it. So, so that was great because, you know, that's your poem being read by lots of people because, of course, everyone likes a free bookmark, don't they? Yeah. Especially people who go to libraries. So, oh, that's so awesome. Um, I love that. So there were some, uh, some good commissions. Um, I, I was very fortunate to be doing it in that year. So how do you... Um, so? How do you sort of like get into like commissions like that? Well, that that um, as I think probably Brian said, the Hampshire poet role uh, usually brings with it um, two or three or four commissions, depending on how much money is around, um, as part of the idea of promoting poetry or raising the profile of poetry. So, if you can get um, you know, if, if that role continues, which I hope it will, you know, that's something that always goes with it. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, if, if uh, I mean, I have a friend who describes herself as a jobbing poet, and I mean, she has a website at, well, actually, I'm not sure if she has a website, but, um, you know, some people who, who, uh, our poets have their own website and would say they might accept commissions. Now, you know, in present circumstances, people aren't rushing to, mm -hmm. to spend money on poetry, sadly. Um, but, you know, you might, if you're willing to, to, uh, to take that on, you might be able to offer people the possibility of, of writing for them. And of course, um, um, something, you know, if you're doing this uh, seriously, you, you might join something like the Society of Authors, which uh, it takes care of the interests of, of all sorts of writers, you know, novelists, poets, um, short story writers, and so on. Yeah. And they have, um, among the things they do is they recommend rates for, um, you know, if, say if you're, you're teaching or work, doing a workshop in a school or accepting a commission, they'll say, this is what you should be asking for that. So, um, you know, if, if you're doing a lot of writing, it's worth, and, and getting published or starting to get published, it's worth looking up the Society of Authors, capital S, capital E. Yeah. It's, like, uh, it's, it's like one of them things at the moment where I've, always done a bit of writing i've self-published a couple of books just for myself um mm -hmm. but, um yeah like um i probably do need to maybe update my website a little bit um you've got a website that's good yeah, yeah. so i've got the the thing. oh yes that's right that's where i found the, yeah. the blog yeah well, uh -huh. i posted like some of the poems on there that's just to sort of get out there which i quite like as for the moment um yeah i've i have been trying to like get published a little bit so it might be worth looking at that um but yeah it's always a hard thing all magazines yeah uh -huh. it's always a hard it's a hard thing at the moment because i have to sort of like decide on what i really want to do but uh -huh. so I'm, I'm glad i started like the poetry podcast though because it's it's given me like i i've enjoyed just doing 
the podcast like loads um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i like to think that is you know making a bit of a difference out there um but yeah like um in truth like i started seeing just this to see how it would go and to see because i i do sometimes go through fads and stuff and i didn't know if poetry was like one of them things but it seems like it's continued it, oh that's good that's and, good <laughs> and to have me as, as many as uh, amazing as you brian and to just um you know work with people uh, in a way um just gives me like a sense of purpose so it's quite nice to sort good, of uh -huh. and I, I sort of hope that it's encouraging other poets as well because like i sort of know like it's you know especially now it's sort of tough because i am you know i do send off like a lot of uh, submissions and stuff like that so i'm try but it's always like that thing of like mm -hmm. do you uh, send them to small magazines that sort of thing yeah so i've uh, i'd sent a few to um i forgot what they're called there was i sent a couple of my video game poetry to a oh cartridge light uh so cartridge literary so they do a couple stories so mm -hmm. pay but uh yeah and i sent a story to lamplight as well i think it's lamplighter or lamplighter um and yeah so i uh, it's quite a good place to send poems if if um you're in this part of the world is uh, i think it's yes it is still going south poetry magazine it's just called south uh and then poetry magazine after that if you're putting it in a search engine and they um they have a kind of changing editorship um different people edit different numbers of it it used to come out twice a year i think it's still that pattern and it's a good place to you know to get a start or or to um is that south poetry sorry yeah south, south poetry magazine yeah um and what they have it, it's it's very supportive what they have is well under normal circumstances not not with covid of course but um they they had um a launch reading for every new number uh -huh. so in a different part of the south you know it might be in Fareham, it might be in southampton it might be in bournemouth it might be in i don't know uh dorchester or something so um it uh it's it's quite a good one to look at Ask I hope it's still, I hope it's still going. Having told you this, I haven't yeah, looked at yeah, it. It's, it's still going. Sorry, yeah. If, if I'm giving you duff information, I apologise. No, no, yeah, we're still going. Um, yeah, no, um, I definitely, yeah, I definitely have a look and see if it. Um, yeah, worst case, it turned out to be nothing, but you know, I've not, well, well, it, I'm not really uh, good. It was going until <laughs> fairly recently, but um, I think it's, I think it still is. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so because it was a good. A good magazine, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'll have a look. Um, uh, um, I mean, at the moment, I'm not really doing anything. Like I said, I'm on um, on furlough at the moment, so. So, oh well, you've got a bit of a bit yeah. of time to do I this. Have no excuses not to look it up. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just like trying to find like a, a purpose for every day, really. Um, but it's quite good that I'm sort of doing the. Like, that's why I'm quite fortunate to have started the. The podcast and to do that because mm -hmm. it gives me like stuff okay. to forward to like this and uh you know then by that point it's already like the weekend and i've got like that chat with my friends and stuff um good. So good. it's good. quite a um yeah it's a weird time but i'm enjoying it to be fair because it's like yeah. for a creative person it's quite nice because i have like sort of like 
unlimited. Well, you've got a chance to try different things out, yeah. Yeah, you no, like, sort of deadline. So there's, um, it's also bad in the sense that, as a person with no sense of urgency, it also gives you... <laughs> well, yes, we all know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. set yourself mini things, like, you know, a line a day or, or um, a painting a day or something. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I think that's what we you sort of have to do now that we're in club <laughs> But yeah. Anyway, do you do you want to leave it there, or is there anything else you want to? Uh, I think that's. I think I got everything. Uh, is there anything else you want uh, to say? Anything? Any more poems? Um, I, I don't think so. Uh... Anyway, this is uh, the one that they turned into a bookmark when I was Hampshire Forest. It's called Generation Gap. Um, I should just quickly say my my mother was the youngest of a very large family and she didn't have me until she was pretty elderly. Oh, wow. uh, so I have an uncle, or had an uncle, her, who was her very much oldest brother, her oldest brother, who was killed in the First World War, uh, who I, of course, never ever met. Uh, and she and her sister, I think, always rather missed him. It's called Generation Gap. And this is, it starts with a memory that she told me about. With the armistice declared, school was closed and the children all ran hilty-skilty down the brain. Mum burst into the house, her brother's photo already three years on the mantelpiece. Newly promoted corporal, he holds the swagger stick self-consciously, glances to the side. And now she's gone, and those questions one could ask about him, dead on the Somme, will need books, the internet, research for any hope of answers. And between me and my uncle, only the red hair and my mother forever saying how much I reminded her of him. Oh, I like that. Um, and it's on a, on a bookmark as well. So it's quite cool that I just, that for me, it would be something that I, you know, I'll have the bookmark and then if I'm halfway through a book or something, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't read until like I pick it up and then actually examine mm -hmm. it. You know? And to sort of have that is sort of gives you. Yeah, I, I, of course, that's the other thing that can happen as a poet. You get asked to write a long, thin poem. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's not just, you know, a commission can be, it's got to be a long, thin poem that can go on a bookmark. So, no. None of the lines is very long. Uh, you have to have, you know, short lines. Yeah. But, uh, but that was the idea. I mean, I used to have much redder hair, and my mother always was forever saying that it reminded her of, of her big brother. But you know, so this strange link with someone who who might, you know, who died years and years and years before I was born. So, anyway. That's awesome. Yeah, love that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, I, I hope your writing goes well and your <laughs> painting. I, uh, um, I, thank you for coming on. It's, it's been uh, my pleasure. I'll, I'll send you when I'm done like editing. I'll 
send you a link so you can have a, a listen and um but yeah it's been it's been quite fun because like my my worry is always i never know how these things are going to go because obviously i'm only just doing them but yeah no i think yeah well you're learning on the go that's good yeah well, it's, been, it's been nice talking to you <laughs> yes yeah, it's been lovely talking to you have a great day and i hope you okay. uh, Thanks, take care of yourself. okay bye-bye all right bye yeah i'll look forward to that yeah. <laughs> thank you for tuning in and listen to that i will catch you when the next episode goes up i believe i'm planning another good news episode so that should be on monday so i look forward to that i'm gonna take a load off this weekend and i will see you guys on monday talk to you then okay take care guys bye